Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. At Caller, we've always looked at the future. Leading the way with our renewable gas bio-LPG. Ideal for off-grid homes and businesses, it cuts emissions by up to 90%. So, if like Mary and Mick Gorman and Abby Leakes, you're looking for a cleaner, more efficient way to cook and heat your home, our renewable gas is the right solution for you. And one that protects the planet too. BioLPG, renewable gas from Calor. Find out more at calorgas.ie. Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to the Blood and Mud podcast, the podcast that takes the weekend's rugby and makes you a sort of toxifying smoothie out of it. Yeah. Not a detoxing one. Not interested in no, that. No, we're, we're about as far from detoxifying things as possible. If anything, we're retoxifying. Yes. The bloodandmud.com podcast, retoxifying. <laughs> like there's no tomorrow. I am Lee Calvert, and over there, that gentleman is... Uh, I remain Josh Gardner, just the 2019 version. How was your festive period, everybody? I spent mine eating a 1,000 calories an hour... And then I took my decorations down on the 28th of December. Nothing gave me greater joy. And I'm not even a humbug person. I quite like Christmas, but there's just something really lovely about having it all done on the 28th. I mean, that, that's, that's quite good, to be fair. That's, that's very efficient. I only took mine down yesterday. In so my defence, was... I was going to London on the 29th and not coming back ah, to the 2nd. See. And I thought, I'm not coming back um, to this with a fucking suitcase full of washing and this as well. And I'm, I'm having to take it. the decorations down. Not yeah. that, How I was yours, thing... anyway? Yeah, it was all right. It was pretty quiet, yeah. Relaxing, didn't do anything. Was it genuinely quiet or are you just saying that thing that people say? Uh, no, it was genuinely quiet. I barely left the house. It was fucking rad. I loved it. We, um, for the first time ever, only had the four of us. Mm. And it was weird. I felt on edge having nothing to do. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's weird when you have one of those Christmases where you don't have to effectively, like, there's no performative Christmas shit going on. Yes. Like I, I, a couple of years ago, Rachel had to work on Christmas Day, and uh, and so we just had 
Christmas day at home with the two of us and the cat. And it was like we got to sort of, you know, half past nine and it was like presents were opened, breakfast had been had. And it was just like... Yeah, there were just so, the four of us for dinner, so we had everything kind of cleaned and put away by 4pm on Christmas Day. It was like, what the fuck's <laughs> going on here? Normally, I'm on the third dishwasher load at that point, while the family yeah. are just chowing into stuff, you know. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Anyway, if you want to get in touch with us and tell us how your Christmas went, because I hope it was lovely, and I hope your New Year was lovely, Indeed. and you get everything that you want. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can get in touch with me at Blood and Mud or Lee at bloodandmud.com. And how to get people to get in touch with you, Josh? Uh, at Josh Gardner at Ruby Shirt Watch. And the we are on Acast and iTunes, and we're also on Patreon. For those of you who yes. know that by now, did any of you get your significant, the loved one in your life, the the gift that keeps <laughs> the on ultimate giving, gift? Yes. the ultimate gift. You know, forget forget that Jesus thing. The ultimate gift, yeah, is actually a, is an Ali Brew Lounge level subscription to it, with um, a new Lynx Java. Yeah, we are. We are that. Uh, speaking of people who did get themselves a VIP Ali Brew Lounge. Uh, I'd like to say a big hello to David Grinter, who's offered us, who's come behind the rope and come up to the cocktail bar, and he's enjoying uh, being one of our close personal friends as part of the VIP Lounge. Well, I'm glad to have him. What can I say? If you are a patron, you'll have seen there's been a post on there. There's a history pod coming up. I I don't like to flog stuff too much, but there's a history pod coming up. You get to vote as to what you want that to be. The Pacific Islands is winning thus far. Oh boy, I bet that's a fun, fun It's, it's fun pi- one. just about pipping Scotland because obviously nobody wants to hear the history of Scotland. So, <laughs> is it because a lots of our listeners are Scottish, or b everybody's all worked out by now that the history it's of private schools and miserable private class schools. people? Yeah, <laughs> exactly that. Yeah, um, we're going to be doing our team of the nineties series, which will, will yes. last forever. Basically, that'll um, that soon. is the plan. Basically, I. I plan for the last surviving things after um, the Brexit nuclear apocalypse to be uh, Cockroaches, Keith Richards, and our yes. Rugby 15 in the 90s pod. Yeah, but the, so that'll be... But the thing to mention is that we have got something... Well, we're calling it a pod, so I'm sure that sounds a bit grand, but basically me and you are going to the Judgment Day game on the 27th Judgment of April. Day. Judgment yes. Day. Um, we're going to sit there. Yeah. And basically, we're probably going to rock into a pub before, and we've secured tickets, so we're definitely going, even if you yes, aren't going. Yes, we're going. Go. We are going. But please, by all means, join us. Um, we'll meet up in a pub beforehand. Yeah, we'll and, take in the games, and, and we'll slag people can, off afterwards. You can, you can look at us up close. and, and yeah. Go, oh, yeah. Oh, God. And then oh, you don't have Jesus. to speak to us again after that. That's fine. Yeah. And they go, oh, God, his, his Twitter profile is very flattering <laughs> compared to the reality. Ah, <laughs> Yes. Um, I haven't got a Twitter profile picture. I do put lots of pictures of myself. But anyway, so you'll recognise us when you come into the pub. That's the main thing. I yes. obviously don't know what a lot of you guys we'll wear like. red. We'll wear red carnations. Yes, all we of us. Uh, we won't. Yeah, so there you go. 27th of April. Please, if you come. Somebody has just been in touch and said, is it definitely on because I'm booking me flight? So I was like, what the fuck? Fucking yeah. hell. So yeah, you Chill can out. definitely oh. come along. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess we'll go to the fucking... Let's not go to the City Arms, actually. Shit these days. Um, I don't know. Let's It'll not be go somewhere. to Gareth. We'll, we'll... Yeah, it won't be Gareth Bale's fucking pub that's for sure gareth bale's got a pub well yeah is what well, used to be dempsey's opposite the castle isn't no that? he's the one he's fucking ruined dempsey's yeah, he's ruined he is fucking ruined dempsey's i oh, went in there that monkey about, face comb over ponytail wearing bastard yeah. honestly the things that gareth bale can do and i will still love him for it are near infinite but i am very angry about him ruining dempsey's and turning it into 11's bar and grill 
getting fucked. Anyway, lots to talk about this week because we've not been on since yeah, the 17th of December. Yeah. Unlike some other pods, we really couldn't be asked to do anything over Christmas without we'll a meeting. So, yeah, you heard, what, you heard how busy we were at Christmas. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I had decorations to take down. I've got no time yeah, to do potting. Exactly. We start, as we always begin, even in 2019, with a player spotted. Robert Donnellan mm. gets in touch. He reaches out via the DM. And I have to say, well, I... I'm loving this. So, you know, have a listen. It's it's high in detail and it's longer than usual, but I think it's... I'm on tenterhooks. I genuinely am. Now, listen to this opening paragraph. Right. My wife and I were driving home to London after Christmas in Dublin. I'm assuming a ferry was involved because otherwise... Really unless you've got a James Bond-type car. Yeah. But yeah, via Cheltenham. It's already getting very exciting, isn't it? I mean, God, there's there's a lot of mundanity there and there a lot is. of unnecessary detail. Driving by Chatham, stopped at Beaconsfield Services. Ostensibly, it's not one of my favourite services. Yeah, but listen to this. Ostensibly, yeah. this was to use the lavatories, but also to take in the Hope and Champion, which is a Weatherspoons pub in the services. Yeah, and it is the only pub on a motorway in the UK, apparently. <laughs> It's yet I have no brief. idea that such it's, things of wonder exist. It's yet another brilliant idea from the man <laughs> who thinks Brexit's a brilliant idea. I'm not going into that now, <laughs> because I think this is a genuinely good idea. Anyway, Robert continues, Upon entering the, this cathedral of commerce, I noticed that I was the smallest bloke in there, which is no mean feat for a man of, like me lacking neither height nor girth. This was because the entire wasp squad was in there, Slightly confusingly, the day before they, their game versus Quinns, it was um, absolutely swarming with them. I can see what you did there, Robert. That's very good. Very good. Very good. He said, most of them are queuing for Starbucks and struggling to fit in front of you rhinos, which were placed too far, far too close together for pro rugby players. <laughs> On leaving the lose, Robert says, I attempted to make my exit, which was slow going past the Christmas rush, and found myself stuck behind the big hitter, Juan de Jong, and Zurab Bijvania. Oh, big lad. Yes. They were clearly in the market for something to eat by the former being non, non-committal about what he wanted. Tacos, Ashvania, De Jong shrugged, nah. We shuffled on. Greg's, Ashvania, almost pleadingly, nah. <laughs> Shvania had a second go at pushing the Greg's option over the line, but his colleague remained unconvinced. By this time, we had come full circle back to the exit. M&S, Ashvania, De Jong looked unhappy at this option, but his teammate, who was clearly very hungry, came down hard on him and said, there is nothing else. <laughs> and then they they slumped in, both looking very disappointed with their final choice. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Joan I mean, de Jong and Giovannia looking a bit naffed off having to go to M&S. The best back- part is that, you know, Joan de Jong, he's only been in Britain for a couple of years. <laughs> Greg's is probably a very new and very uniquely British thing for him. I can understand why he's not, you know. <laughs> he's not he, embracing or it. Maybe he's waiting for the vegan sausage roll, you know. He was just like, well, they haven't got that yet, so... I'm not yeah. interested. There is nothing else. <laughs> there is nothing else. I've been there. We've all been there. Yes. I've been, you know, you, you walk into a certain the dep- choice. What he should have done is tacos there. You, you should have. I mean, like, yeah. all day. Yeah, but, all day um, long. Yeah, sometimes you do go into a services, and if it's, it's like, like after oh, 10 God. p.m., KFC shut, Burger King yeah. shut, the M&S, the Waitrose is shut, you're left with whatever's left be at the subway, even the subway is shut. You're left with whatever's left on the hot counter. Well, the worst thing is when if you go into one of those services that doesn't have what you expected to have, and you go in there and it's just like there's no Mackey D's, there's no fucking Burger King, there's just like you know 
you get them on the M25 and it's like, oh God, what's happened here? Although I did, have, I did recently go into a services on the M25 that had a fucking Nando's in it. Oh, they get it everywhere. Everywhere, mad stuff. Anyway. Yeah, what for Gap services? For the famous services, it is so shit. How nobody's mm-hmm. not cashed in on that brand, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, even the car park shit, everything about it is awful. It's just a terrible services. And it's where the South kind of starts, isn't it? So, you know. It is, technically, yeah. Anyway, right then, before we get into the news, we reckon we're going to talk through some rugby New Year's resolutions, Josh. Yes, because it's the, as we record, the, what, Seventh. the 7th of January. 7th of January, yeah. So Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Everyone. Have you got any resolutions out there? You've already jacked in dry January, all of you, I imagine, because yeah, it's pointless. Bother. Didn't even bother. Um, so, New Year's resolutions. I've got one. Jamie yes. Roberts has promised to spend at least an hour alone in a field to help him understand what space is and the possibilities running into it brings. <laughs> Look, it's too late now. Well, he's it's late. well you can't, that's why he's had the resolution. Could, I mean, he could go, you know, how brilliant would it be if Jamie had a sort of Manonu sort of... Oh, like, God, can you imagine? Late career turning into a complete centre thing. Or he could just go back to the way he was in, in SA 2009. Yeah, just become a monster. He can pass a bit. Yeah, happy days. Um, I've got a resolution for Mike Brown. Right. <laughs> Get your fucking hair cut. <laughs> Seriously, his hair's long enough now that it's to the point where it's, it can be classed as a haircut. And he's, like, putting product in it. And if there's one thing that's starting to, like, would signal the impending apocalypse, it is Mike Brown turning into one of those players that spends 20 minutes on his hair before a match. Are, you you, know? are yours going to be more of a New Year's instruction to people? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Samson Lee yeah. has vowed to go the whole hog and spend the entire year not smiling. I mean, he could stretch himself a little bit, couldn't he? I mean, it's only probably another another 20 minutes yeah, of not smiling, exactly. let's be honest. So, that's one of those ones where, you know, people just do what they're already going to do anyway, but call it a New Year's resolution <laughs> so they can feel happy about it. Like people who, who yeah. do things for charity, like, I'm going to walk up Snowden. It's like, you're going to do that anyway. You're going to do that anyway, yeah. Um, I've got one for Steve Diamond. Yes. Um, go to therapy. Seriously. Like, you've, you've clearly got some anger issues, and it's clearly, in one way or another, affecting your work life. If Tony Soprano can see a shrink, <laughs> you can too. The Tony Soprano of the North. I like it. <laughs> um, England have promised to get slightly better, then worse, and a little bit better again. And no yeah. one else has promised to keep any of this in perspective. <laughs> Uh, yeah, all referees have vowed to uh, enforce the offside line at Rocks. No, um, they haven't. No, they haven't. <laughs> Come, Come on, on. kids. Come on. Jesus. Uh, it's even more less attainable than dry January. <laughs> Having finally given up on their international futures, Gavin Henson and Danny Cipriani will try to fulfil their singing dream and try out for the X Factor. They I will, however, that. be rejected yes. as solo artists, but then put together One Direction style... There's a duo at boot camp called Curious Orange. I mean, I would genuinely pay. I I genuinely pay three quid to watch them in a pub on a Saturday night. They will be voted off after doing Sylvester's "Do You Want to Funk" in Disco Week (laughs) in a performance that will be described in the press as not only ill thought out but obscene for a family audience. (laughs) I mean. I can see it. I can see it all. Imagine yeah. Curious Orange doing "Do You Want a Funk" by Sylvester. Yeah, I, everyone knows that song, right? It that's like an incredibly you choice. There. 
<laughs> and you know, what can I say? Yes, Listen I haven't even it, got it teed up. Uh, I can, I can probably help you out there. Yeah, so that, that's that one. Should I move uh, on to me next? Well, go on. Not the best sound, is it? That's enough of that. Yeah, there's enough of that. You have to get to the high pitch singing. Yeah. Do you want a funk? Do 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 that one. Anyway, <laughs> have you got another your resolution? Uh, yes. Uh, David Buttress, the uh, Dragon CEO, has resolved to just just not have a coach. Because <sighs> I mean, they <laughs> seem to have been much better without one. So it's true. Know. Well, much better is is probably stretching it, but better, Not yes. quite a shit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Connor O'Shea has promised to look absolutely everywhere to find an outside half that inspires something above 30% confidence levels. <laughs> he will eventually be caught up in a granny gate affair when he tries to make JJ Hanrahan Italian. Yeah, it's going to happen, isn't it? Have you got any um, more? That's my last my one. My final one, uh, Andy Goode has vowed to... Uh, Stop bringing his politics into rugby, yeah? Because yeah. People, people just want to enjoy sport without people inflicting their political feelings yeah. on everyone. Sport's about escapism, you know? Nobody cares what he thinks about, you know, politics and stuff. He should just stay in his lane and stick to sports, <laughs> yeah? Oh, wait, sorry, dickheads only say that fucking load of horse shit about people whinging about progressive things. Uh, yes, I'm starting 2019 by being fucking salty. So uh, Josh has changed lots of resolutions on Josh's side there about changing his entire manner of being... Yeah. Right then, so that's the New Year's resolutions out of the way. Uh, have you got any suggestions for us of rugby yes. players or rugby in general that should have New Year's resolutions? Oh, I, thought you, I thought you were going to say, do our, the listeners have any New Year's resolution suggestions for us? Oh, you can do that as well. Like, you can do like that as well. I've already said I'm going to stop eating ripples, pop. so come on. Uh, just just to sort of stop, pull that hideous chocolate, well, it's not a hideous chocolate bar, it's fine, but just that weirdly popular chocolate bar out of the top five. The weird thing is that I was eating ripples and I said it on Twitter, I'm eating ripples. Well, every week I was saying it on Twitter. And somebody said to me, Galaxy Chocolate is well Tory. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, I, and I went, okay. and I yeah. looked at it in my hand and I thought, Jesus, God. you're right. It, it absolutely is. <laughs> I can't explain why, but it is. Yeah. You know, a ga- compare a Cadbury's cal- caramel to a Galaxy caramel. I mean, that's, that's all you massive, need to know, isn't one it? One of those is massively more Tory than the other. <laughs> <laughs> What's a Lib Dem of chocolate bars? Uh, Fries, Turkish delight. Yeah, it's, ne- it's Nestle shit, isn't it? It's the stuff nobody really wants. <laughs> those Nestle Crunch bars that are fifty p yes. for a big one. Oh, see, I do like those Nestle. Crunch I do bars. like them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. white ones. For... Yeah. Anyway. Well, anyway, so let's should we talk about some news? Yes, there's been a lot of news. Well, we've not since... been on for three weeks, have we? Yeah. I mean, some of it could be classed as old news now, but uh, whatever. Do we, shall we talk about Steve Diamond versus Sam Peters? Because I mean, it is old news now, isn't it? But it's I suppose it's been back in the news because this it's interview. Been brought, it's been brought back because of I, I would say calling that an interview uh, is doing a discredit to the name I, Inter and View. Yeah, I like uh, um, Martin Bayfield. I like Bayfield. He's a, a lot. good presenter. He's very good. He he's very personable. And, he's, and I've met he's, him, and he's a very nice guy. He's but a lo- I don't think lovely man. He's not a fucking journalist. No, it's not. And, it wasn't exactly fucking Frost Nixon, was it? No, there was not. It was not very. It was more Pac-Man than Paxman. Let's be honest. Uh, I don't even Would know you say that most of the things you did 
in this were right, Steve. Yes. <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, would you say that you were entirely, you know, justified in in saying what you said to that appalling rogue journalist that you <laughs> rightly put in his place? Yes, I would, Martin. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> would you say, Steve, that um, player welfare is a good thing? <laughs> yes, I would, Martin. Honestly, it's the whole... Th- I mean, don't get me wrong... When a professional rugby coach and a journalist end up shouting at each other on camera, it's not a fucking good look for anybody involved. No, and I think everybody's failed on some level yeah. if it's got to somebody, that, haven't they? Somebody is fucked up there. Yeah. However. I think everybody's fucked up when it gets to that, to be honest. I'm not trying to blame anybody in particular, to be honest. No. However, I do think that Diamond's a fucking disgrace and an embarrassment to rugby for the way that he's been behaving recently. So, yeah. Well, if the stuff's true, the stuff about him shouting at linesmen loud. I mean, to be honest, it's funny rugby, isn't it? Because... Yeah. It happens in football all the fucking time. Yeah, and, you know, if you said it to footballers, they go, it's a fucking man's game, do you know what I mean? Or, you know, yeah. it's a grown-up's game, sorry. So we shout at each other, that's what happens, mm. you know what I mean? And Yeah. So if he's going to shout at the ref, I'm not really... I'm not... I don't think I'm that arsed about that. If it's true that he shouted at some old lady who's complained, then that seems a bit out of order. Or that his language is so bad an old lady complained, that seems out of order, I suppose. I just think that there are questions... I think I said this on Twitter, but the questions that could have been... It says a lot about BT. It was a complete dolly of an interview. You said, I mean, you oh, know, and at no point did they say, "Well, do you think you know? Do you think a director of rugby should be questioning a journalist, question, you know, questioning yeah. technique and integrity directly going over to him? Yeah. Did you take his property? Is that true? Even if he says no, at least he's put it to it. Yeah. Instead, it's just you've got this. You know, people are accusing Sam Peters of, you know, clan, trying to clandestinely record Steve Diamond at a fucking press conference. That's the level of silliness that this whole thing has brought out in people. I mean, to, I think it does. And I get it. People hate journalists. It's a perfect example it, of Web 2.0, though, isn't it? Massively. That yeah. this would have people, happened 10 years ago, no fuck would have known anything no about fuck would it. No fuck yeah. And, you know, particularly, you know, all rugby players hate journalists. Most members of the public hate journalists. So Dimes fucking getting into it with a journalist is really fucking an easy way for him to earn lots of points with lots of people within the game and without. However, it is a bit fucking embarrassing for Sam Peters makes me laugh, though, as well. I mean, I just want to put this behind me. I've said that on the three podcasts mm. I've been on since this happened, that I just want to put this behind me. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, I uh, have to consult thing with my family and friends. I'm no longer going to say anything about it, having said <laughs> lots and lots about it for the last week. <laughs> and by saying something about it right now. But yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> I mean, the whole thing yes. was ridiculous, wasn't it? It's absurd. It's absurd. If, think, Steve Dunning, if Steve Diamond can't take somebody saying critical things about his club, he's too fucking delicate to be in this job. You shouldn't be a DOR, no, if you're a bit pissed no. off. Or you can be pissed off with journalists, but dealing with it like yeah. that seems a bit yeah. Just be a, you're ridiculous. A, like a toddler. One of your lines you came out the other week, which made me laugh, and it's still laugh, went about the, the flag thing at Bath. I'd yes. like to borrow the line that you used to analyse that right now. Absolutely nobody comes out of this not looking like a bell end. Yeah, completely. <laughs> it's it's embarrassing for everyone, and it's embarrassing for rugby that everybody has got so fucking. So whether no matter what side you're on, if you've got your panties in a bunch about this, 
Yeah. Fucking chill at this. Just embarrassing. Stop it. Chill out. Yeah. And BT need to grow a bit about interviewing people. Well, yeah. Right then, uh, moving on the, to something less they, controversial. I wonder, how, I wonder how BT feel right now uh, about sort of powder puffing members of Premiership Rugby. <laughs> they hear revelations that Premiership Rugby are actively courting going back to Sky. Uh, yeah, and this, this the leaked Premier Rugby meeting. Yes, minutes, I mean this is which were definitely is, not done as a decision at the end of the meeting or anything like that. It's definitely clandestinely yeah. leaked. Definitely not. Everyone's gone right. Leak this, will you? Yeah, leak it. Yeah. It's. I've been it's ever, I find it very funny. Sorry to talk about Andy Good again, but I found it very funny that Andy Good said earlier, um, or when this broke, you know, if you've ever been at a high-level board meeting, which is a fucking cunt's humble brag, isn't it? Jesus Christ. Um, he's like, you know, people say things all the time. It doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, people do say things all the time. Like, but they don't, they don't link the entire 40-odd pages of fucking minutes. Acts by accident. Somebody, either they, you know, either they did it all. All of them did it on purpose because they want to fucking start a new war with the RFU, which is, let's face it, what happened. Or somebody who isn't happy with what was said there, amongst the, you know, yes. 13, 13 stakeholders in Premiership. Rugby I think they also anyway. they also want to demonstrate to CVC how keen they are to make changes. So please yeah, up your exactly. offer. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. we'll be well on board with it. And I think that, you know what, there probably is something... So before I go on to this, what you said, what Andy Gooch said reminds me of a time I went to a training course. Have I told you a story before? Yeah. I went to a training course and we had to do the icebreakers. And it was with, and there was, it was one of the private sector. And there was this guy there. And we, they said, right, say what your name is, where you work, and uh, what colour is your car? There's a kind no. of... So it comes out, blah, 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 I've got a blue car, it comes to me. I had a fucking Fiat Panda at the time. I said, I said, well, honestly, I work in such and such a department and my, my car is, is white. And, and the guy next to me goes, hello, my name's Paul. I work in such and such and my MGF is silver. <laughs> <laughs> that actually happened. My MGF is silver. <laughs> I, mean, I told me mate that. I mean, my mates still say it to each other now. My MGF is silver. It's silver, yeah. Yeah, so that that's that, that would have been Andy Goode sat next that to me. An excellent humble brag there. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, so I think this was about... I do think probably that they've got a point that Premier Rugby is undervalued. Completely It's not, it's not leveraged very well on social media. It's no. not... I made the point when I came back from Chicago last year, not, you know, just... To, I'm not a fucking analyst, but some, you know, how slick the MLB did stuff about buying tickets, how they market it, because they're talking about centralized marketing, centralized ticketing, and getting a bit better at stuff like that. I know there's some of that, but getting a bit better at stuff like that. And there's probably something to be said for that. Mm. Well, you you know, and and baseball is, you know, obviously is a national, a large, a big sport Mm. in America, but it is comfortably the third or fourth most like most yes. popular sport in America but in, in the market, same way that 360 million people yeah, obviously that but... helps but yeah <laughs> you know baseball attendances have never been worse baseball viewing figures have never been worse and yet they're still leveraging everything and yeah I don't think like this whole CBC thing is necessarily a bad thing I think that some of the things in that memo are fucking alarming I think that CVC have they're obviously I imagine they've got fucking, they're brighter than me with this stuff and they've got more analysts than me. Mm. But if, you, if they're trying to do what they did with F1, which is where they built fucking tracks everywhere. Yeah. 
the fundamental problem is that people countries were breaking their backs to try and get F to try and get an F one. F one is glamorous because F one's glamorous and everything else that goes with it. I think it's fucking incredibly dull. Go yeah, kart racing like for midget tax dodgers. No, but that's a different thing altogether. Yeah. But I can see why countries want it. So yeah. taking that kind of model makes some sense. Trying to think that there's going to be a huge clamour for people to bid for these games or to bid for something else that are in in these countries is unrealistic. Yeah, but I suppose I mean, they've got to give it a go because the income ain't going to go. It's like the the Pro 14, isn't it? The income wasn't going to get any bigger without doing yeah. something radical. Yeah, because you um, can keep you can keep operating in the world of what is and get mm. incremental changes, or you can move to the world of what could be, which is what they're trying to do. I just think the world of what can be is is looks a little bit um, <laughs> like they're gazing. I think, I think they're fucking living in a dream world with some of these things that they are claiming that they can get. But as you say, they know more than we do about these things. They know sure shit know more about the world of high finance. Um, yeah. But I just think... The only high finance you know, I've got is my overdraft. Well, exactly, yeah. Um, things like playing midweek games to get Sky on board. Fucking horrendous idea. You know, there's <laughs> you can't play rugby twice a week. Well, the thing is, they obviously, I would assume that that means they're not going to play at the weekend. Whoever plays on Wednesday doesn't play till the Saturday after. But then how are they, they going to... They have to. But then somebody would have to... They couldn't then have just one team playing on the... Um, you know, what, are they going to play the weekend before as well? Yes. You know, it's kind of like... They probably go Saturday, Wednesday, then you get a week and a half off. Yeah, which is still asking somebody to play four games or two games in four or five days which that's called alliance tour yeah i don't think well yeah and we've seen well, what and they take there. a midweek squad don't they yeah that's the thing you either have to have squads that are so big that you would have 15 changes 23 changes which massively devalues the competition or yeah you'd have to basically give teams like what a week two weeks off or something like that i think ultimately you know? all they want is ring fencing yeah, the rest of it's all the fucking main, window the main, dressing yeah, around the main, the main is, course. You know? Yeah, they're fucking laying the groundwork for a lot of things, but the main the, the main thing is give us ring fencing now, or we're going to fucking kick right off again. And I I agree, like I don't yeah think that for see, lefty types like me and you, these kind of you know egalitarian types that we are. I well, I'm speaking for myself. People might be surprised that, that I would be. I'm not really that asked about ring fencing. No, same. Don't care. Because I think that, and I think the point they make about the championship being a good competition, and it is. However, it's financially a disaster. Yeah. Are both true. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter how high quality it is if people don't want to watch it. You know, I imagine the top players who play squash do it at a very high quality level, but no fucker mm. wants to watch them. Exactly, and it's you've only got to look at Bristol, who have got, who have spent nigh on infinity money have a fantastic coach a fantastic stadium fantastic training facilities a really good squad and yeah they're just about in looking like they might stay up at the moment because that is the gap and the gulf between premiership rugby and championship I rugby and people talk about Exeter, don't they? You know, there'll be there'll never be another Exeter. I think, well, that's not necessarily true because you could have a kind of franchise thing where you have applications mm. that rotate. And also, you know, how many other Exeters have there been? Yeah. You know, the, how many how many it, attempted Exeters have there been yeah. that now do not exist? 
you can't, I say this a lot because I'm boring, but you can't make policy based on outliers. Yeah. And I think Exeter, as brilliant as they are, are a staggering outlier because everybody else fails mm. pretty much trying to do what they've done. Now you could learn from them, I suppose, but you look at Rotherham, you look at who's like who's the most likely this year. London Irish are fine because they've got a ground. I think they're right to sort of say it's these teams plus maybe one or two others. Yeah, it's this, it's the twelve teams in the Premiership plus London Irish, probably probably London Irish. Yeah, London Irish, well, definitely London Irish. Sorry, yeah. and maybe Yorkshire Carnegie, but I don't think so to be honest. No, I mean they've got the facilities. They could sort. They could you know yeah. they've got the ground and all that. That wouldn't be a problem, would it? But. I honestly think that they are much better off just fucking ring fencing the bastard now, letting London Irish up, and then saying in five years' time, if somebody has been winning the championship every year and smashing it, then you have a look at them and see what their business plan is looks like. Or the, or, or the bottom, the bottom three in the Premiership and the top three in the Premiership after some yeah, yeah. whatever business proposal or plan. Because yeah. that's that's. Yeah. I don't think you know. No, it's difficult, isn't it? Because no business can make a. It's different in football when there is so much money. Yeah, and, and it's, it's not, but it's not like, say, with Super Rugby, where you know, the Kings or the Force or whatever, when when they basically get rid of a Super Rugby franchise, that team no longer exists. That's not how this is going to be, you know. Or when you know they got rid of the Celtic Warriors in Wales, team doesn't exist anymore, mm. and so all of its fans went, "Well, there's fucking no point in me going to watch rugby anymore. My team doesn't exist," yeah. you know. Whereas, yeah, okay, so in, say, in five years' time, people realise that, you know, Worcester are not able to maintain the premiership standard and they lose their status as a premiership team. People's, Worcester fans can still go and watch Worcester in a championship. Yeah, it's true. Worcester will still be a rugby club. And, and I, it's horrible, and it's harsh, and, you know... Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, unfortunately, rugby is in a position now where... It's got to be, they've got to start looking at commercial realities of shit. And, and also, uh, you know, yeah. people, again, I come back to the point about Exeter, people talk about Exeter, but the more typical example is London Welsh. Yeah. You go promote and you go, shit, my ground's not good enough. Oh shit, where yeah. are we going to play? Oh shit, by the time I've got that sorted, we've got no players. Oh shit, just buy all these players. Oh shit, we're completely shit. Yeah, well, fucking Richmond, you know? <laughs> All of that, then there's just a reality of, and it's a bit like Wales really just recognising that there are certain clubs, i.e., most of them, that cannot survive at that yeah. level. I mean, I got sent an amazing fucking photo that I will, um, I might put on Twitter later on, but I will show it to you now, Lee, which is my mate's dad went to watch. Uh, Bedlinog RFC and this in his mind was the uh, director's box at Bedlinog RFC <laughs> that's right that is a shanty that is without I mean, walls you, you would not even keep livestock in that it is two pieces of metal designed to keep the wind off one piece of like tin roof to keep the, t the everything else off and some fucking deck chairs <laughs> and that's what passes you know that's and that's Bedlinog RFC, but they've got affinity with their local. Yeah, a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because no, doesn't that's matter. what passes for a fucking director's box at yeah. the lower levels of Welsh rugby. Yeah. But you can't buy a load of fucking energy gels with affinity, can you? No, a you season's can't. worth of fucking you energy can't. gels with affinity. Yeah. You, yeah, you can't buy training cones with affinity. <laughs> you can't. You just can't. 
You sure as shit can't pay the fucking salary of a Lions test player with... That reminds me of um, the documentary. I've mentioned it on Twitter loads, but I'll mention it again here. Another Bloody Sunday, which is from 1980. It's about Doncaster Rugby League in a season where they don't win a single game. And it's behind the scenes of how they try and make ends meet. And it said they had to have an emergency board meeting. And it's a shot of the boardroom and it's a caravan. And they're all sat around like, you know, those bench around that sort of dinner table in a caravan trying to decide what they're going to do about some player being banned or something. And that's kind of the reality. And it's wonderful. And, you know, Doncaster fans love Doncaster, but that, that in 1980, that was reality. It's not that different now, I don't think. No, and it's... It, so what, It's what, interesting to... It's really interesting to look at what's going on with Welsh rugby at the moment because, you know, as we record, tomorrow and the day after is when... They're having the big meeting with the regions and the clubs uh, and the WRU to basically, hopefully, finally ratify the infamous project reset, which is designed to sort out funding for Welsh Rugby Union. But now it seems like it might not even give the regions any more money. Do you know when you sort of say, what should we call this project? Project reset. Should just not bother having a name. Just not bother having a name. Doesn't sound good, does it? Just call I mean, it, you know, the, a new least, plan or something. At least the RFU have called their thing Project Web, which, while sickening, <laughs> is you know, my Project Web is get Reese Webb home to Wales for the Rugby World Cup. But he played at the weekend, didn't he? He did. Uh, he played the weekend, the weekend before last as well, and was very, very good because he's very fucking good. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Yes, go on. Sorry. So yeah, you look at what WIU are basically doing, which is effectively going. This is how much money we've got. Um, how would all of you players like to take or not all of you players how would some of you players like to take a massive pay cut so that we can afford the really good ones Um, and unsurprisingly a lot of those guys that are going to be now earning fucking 25 grand a year to play professional rugby are threatening to go on strike as to be honest with you they fucking should do and I'd much rather see something like what fucking premiership is as much as I profoundly dislike and am suspicious of CVC and what they're going to do I would rather them go yeah we're going to have to spend more money we need to spend more money on players we need to spend more money on salaries if we're going to keep up than the WRU trying to sort of basically fucking rob Peter to pay Paul Mm. and going well there's no more money it's like maybe you're not thinking hard enough yeah. about this the world Maybe of what could be see well yeah and you know premiership basically gone no we're shit at this we're really you know we haven't <laughs> yes. we haven't maximized any of this these fuckers turned formula one into a cash cow for themselves admittedly but they turned it into a cash cow if we give them x amount of you know if we let them have x amount of it and tell them to basically literally crack on with the commercial side and do whatever you want so look it's, out for the new Premiership franchise, the Dubai slave employers. <laughs> well, that's the flip side of it, isn't it? And, you know, I said on Twitter, there's a lot of things about it that do not sound good. No. But... But, I mean, obviously a lot of it was just almost like it was a report with Jam Tomorrow written in massive letters on each page sort of thing, wasn't it? Because it is a bit of a flight of fancy. But I suppose when... Yeah. The thing is... Anybody who's been in a presentation with people who are trying to tell you they're going to do something brilliant for you can yeah. recognise all of this. They'll put loads yes. of graphs up there to go, oh, we can leverage this by another 27%. Asterisk, may not actually yeah. be 27%, you know, sort of thing. And It's fucking underpants gnomes, isn't it? You know, it's... it's, <laughs> it's no, like, 
nobody like can say for sure that rugby is going to be able to be turned into this fucking billion dollar fucking cash cow that's going to no. make every rugby player a millionaire. I kind of hope it does, to be honest, because rugby players deserve to be earning that kind of money for the amount of fucking punishment their bodies take. Like, Bernie Eccleston said it could be better than the NFL. At which I laughed. And yeah. then somebody actually, when somebody said, what a load of bollocks, somebody on Twitter responded, a random person, he said, better, not bigger. So what the, f- well, what does that even what mean? better mean, yeah. Bernie Eccleston <laughs> thinks that his hair is better than a normal haircut. Yeah. You can't trust exactly. a man that does yeah. that. Than just accepting that he probably went bald about 30 years ago, and that's a terrible too. He's got more money uh, than me, that's fine, but I've got a lovely, <laughs> lush, thick mop of hair on my head, so... Oh, anyway, we Rennie, haven't actually started the podcast yet. Well, we kind of have. So there you go, that's our take on it. That Probably, like with yes. anything, nothing's after as bad or as good as it seems. Um, which is about, see, this is new resolution, you see. Balanced yeah. views. People won't like yeah. this. Yeah. Don't worry, no, we'll, we'll sort it out soon. Absolutely going to take um, Last couple of bits of news very quickly. England women, speaking of money, are being given full-time 15s contracts. Yes. Actual permanent news. ones. Yes. Because before it was sevens in the lead-up to... Was it the World Championship or the yes, Olympics? Yes, uh, Olympics, yeah, yeah. Whereas they're these actually... are full-time contracts. I think they've been paid about 20 grand a, a year, they reckon, which is probably what, probably the similar to what um, lottery-funded athletes get, isn't it? Yes. You, know, and, you still you know, might have to go and do a part-time job somewhere, but it's livable if you hmm. really try hard. Yeah, and, you know, if you can get sponsorship and other things, all of that stuff. Yeah. you're probably all right. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting to see how... You know, the All Blacks going fully professional with their team, uh, their ladies' team, has kind of inevitably, you know, all it was ever going to take was one team doing it, you know? And anybody could and afford then, it, go, well, we need to. Cause well, we need to win, as well, because otherwise. they're going to win fucking everything. Yeah. Imagine how much Wales women would be paid if they went professional, given that they're trying to pay the men with all the... With 20 grand a year, yeah. Discrepancy um, of... Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. They might get as much as £4,000 a year. Uh yeah. You've got some Greg's vegan sausage rolls every week. <laughs> right, so that so, was so that's a good good on them. It's a way forward. Yes. It's good to see that they're actually matching, got some ambition in there and, and all the best with it. Um finally news Santiago Cordero, Saint James Lamb, has decided mm-hmm. that he fancies Bordeaux in the autumn more than he fancies Exeter. Yeah, shocked by that. Shame though. Cracking yeah. player. Yeah, but you know, when you look at a team like Bordeaux, who have in their last five games, right? Bordeaux, mm. in all competitions, five red cards. In Three. France. In France. In, Imagine yeah. what they're doing. Well, that's the thing. Um, two of them were in the first two red cards were um, in the Challenge Cup against Sale, where Sale got both of them in consecutive games. But then since then, in the three games since, they've had a man sent off in the first half in every single game. It was a top 14, though. They were probably all sent off for cowardice in the face of the enemy. <laughs> One of them got sent off after six minutes. It's like, fucking hell, what do you do? do crack it open, his opening number's skull yeah. and feasting on the what? goo inside. That's yeah. basically what you must have to do to get a fucking red straight out of the fucking gate <laughs> in the top 14. <laughs> so imagine how, how bad must it be? Yeah. <laughs> so imagine how Cordero must have fucking... What is it? How is so it, Paul? Going into that. This isn't my line. It's Paul, Paul Little Santiago Cordero. 
this isn't my line, it's Paul Williams's, but it was one of the best ones I've ever heard where he said, what is, no, he didn't say about top 14, he said about the second division in France, and it's basically like a documentary on cannibalism with a ball thrown in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fantastic line, yes. It is a fantastic line. That is the end of the news. news. After a mere 45 minutes. Yeah, it was a lot, to, come on, it's been three weeks. Yeah, There's a lot no to earn. If I learned one thing in the last year, it's that falling into debt can happen to anyone. Luckily, I heard about the ISI, the Insolvency Service of Ireland. Their professional advisors can help you restructure or even write off your debt. The first thing they said to me was, every debt problem has a solution. I can still feel the relief. So if you're worried, visit their website backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI. Together, we'll get you back on track. Acast recommends... Podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Um, should we learn things then? Let's talk about what we've, we know for the weekend. Yes. Here's what I've got. Whoever came up with the term festive derbies once reporting to trading standards, because if those matches were what that person calls festive, I shudder to think what a New Year's Eve party was like round there. Honestly, they were fucking shit. Only skull lager, broken biscuits, and Coldplay on a loop on the stereo. <laughs> fucking hell. They were awful, weren't they? Having said yeah. that, you know, let's all go to... The, I'm going to drive to Cardiff to watch Judgment Day to see <laughs> that fucking bilge pumped out of a pipe again. But No, it, it was, was terrible, wasn't it? It was dog shit. Like... Nobody, nobody, no. Just, it was horrible. You know, even watching Ospreys, it weren't even that exciting. Like, I mean, Exeter Bristol was fucking execrable as well, to be fair. Yeah. It wasn't oh, confined it was to Wales, but yeah. No. But, also, uh, I don't understand know. how you can have a derby in Ireland. Yeah. It's simply, it's be, they're so big. Do you know what I mean? You're like, I don't know. Yeah. It, it sounds daft, but Derby. I suppose it's because they try to apply Derby to things that don't really, have that it doesn't Derby really of, exist, yeah. does it? You know, there probably far, are Derby's in between. I don't know, Black Rock College and something yeah, how, else. I don't know. How you know. far away is fucking? You know, Limerick. Well, you can't from, just split the country in four oh, yeah. and then go right. Like, go every game's a Derby, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Which is the Derby? I don't understand. Yeah. By, it's, it's the sort of weirdness of, you know, by making the, them responsible for such massive geographic areas. And it's the same in Wales, to be honest. Yeah. You know, the Ospreys, you know. If the Ospreys people... were going to have a, their traditional derby, they'd play against themselves. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. Or, you know, they would play against the Scarlets, but literally just the people who are from Planetary. And <laughs> yes. calling, calling Blues Ospreys some sort of derby when, like... You it know, just means they're Swansea, but they're all from Wales. They're all from Wales, exactly. The Swansea and Cardiff are like, you know, fucking 50 miles away from each other. Is Dragons Bristol more of a derby than Cardiff Ospreys? 
Probably, yeah. Discuss, you know. In terms of like proximity, geographical proximity, yeah. yeah it's like it's and, the and the actual historical rivalry across the border and all that yeah. stuff. It's the equivalent of calling, you know, fucking Newcastle Man United a derby because they're both like from the north and they're <laughs> but their city's totally on the other side of the fucking country. It's probably more of a kind of state of origin type setup than a derby. It is more it, really? of a state of origin, yeah. And I guess, you know, People will say Derby about any old shit these days because it makes and it sound... And that really was dramatic. any old shit. It was shit, let's be honest. Like, part of me was thinking, oh, this might be the last, like... I tried to come on here with a bit of a positive message and be like, you know, what I learned is this is the last season of domestic... How long did that last we... for? Well, not very long, obviously. <laughs> um, you know, this might be the last season of domestic rugby as we know it. With all this stuff going on, you know... Positive, ladies and gentlemen. Positive. <laughs> But we should look like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing necessarily, but it's like, yeah. let's enjoy what rugby is like now because it might change quite a lot in the next couple of years. And we might go, oh, you remember, in the same way that we sort of look back in a rose tinted fashion with on the amateur era, where, let's be honest, a lot of it was quite shit. But, you know, it's a, you know, it's the, the defences that made me laugh. People put those, people put those, try, look at Pontypool versus Neath, and you're like, yeah, yeah. he's just yeah. run with the they're ball standing, for about 11 20, minutes yeah, before. <laughs> 20 metres off the back foot. For they're going, look at that beautiful draw and pass. Yeah. It's like, yeah, because he's yeah. got at least two minutes to draw the person in and then pass. <laughs> If yeah. that was and now, the second receiver would be fucking obliterated <laughs> by the blitz. And therein lies the point, you know. It's let's appreciate this while we can, and let's enjoy rugby as it is now because I think it's going to change a lot in the next couple of years, perhaps in a more dramatic and seismic way than it has in the last twenty years. However, then I watched the festive derbies and I thought <laughs> I can't fucking wait to be honest because this is shit. Yeah, win for the Ospreys though, I suppose. Yeah, two from three is not bad. Uh, you, even yeah. you can't. You, you, even you, for your own team, can't summon up any enthusiasm about this. Can I, I honestly can't decide if the Ospreys are any good or not. I I'm in a great mood this week, of course, because in other well, sports, of course you are. Old, in other sports, you've done absolutely fine. Old and beat Fulham for a change. Boom, ba boom, ba boom. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. that was me. What else? Well, one of my uh, Saracens in crisis. That's what I learned. Oh yeah, like uh, England going to win the World Cup. Yeah, <laughs> perhaps not, admittedly, but. Honestly, Saris have looked a bit out of sorts in the last sort of month or so. Like yeah. them getting bullied off the park up front by sale of all teams. That was it, odd, wasn't yeah. it? More than anything, that was the ebb, most curious it? thing about that game. Yeah, it was a low ebb, wasn't it? Like, and people have complained and people have got quite chippy about the fact that Sale didn't get enough credit and the likes of Tom Curry and Faf and Sam James were excellent and they were. But Tom Curry was he, amazing. He was amazingly good, uh, and and Faf was ridiculous again. But um, the ill discipline, the sloppiness, like it was so unsaries like. And then you know Farrell at the end, effectively just giving up. <laughs> that was so boot, bizarre. Booting it into touch and when they had the ball and a try. When my time, I was just full of people going, "What? What the? What the? What the fuck?" So <laughs> <I was> just <laughs> done. <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> I get it. You're having a wretched day and sometimes you just want to go, you know what, lads, this isn't There's our no day. Point getting injured, you? Also, there is the issue that if you'd have fucked up possession or got caught, you know, on the floor... Lose the losing bonus point. You'd have lost yeah. the losing bonus if I got it kicked and, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Percentages and all that. Yeah, but it's like, you know what, we can't be asked when the game is there to be won with a try. Is weird. Long old season, though, isn't it? And they weren't. Yeah. He was on his own 22, for God's sake. But, um... Yeah. I mean, linked to that, I've said that maybe... It, could it be England have found a new Andy Farrell in Mike Forshaw? 
Maybe. The sale defence coach, both from Wigan. <laughs> both used to play loose forward in rugby league. Yeah. Yeah. Both coach defence. <laughs> yeah. But actually, to be fair... I bet you can do a decent impression of him as well. well I can do a Wigan accent. Yeah. So, you know, but um, the thing is... At least as long as they do... That came from nowhere, though, because, you know, we've all seen Sale do what they do, haven't they? Yes. I mean, it's just, and, and that's the other thing. A lot of people um, are getting very carried away yes. with... Um, oh, they're in great form, Sale, and they're in fourth now. It's like, yes, there's about three points between fourth and nearly getting relegated this year yeah. do you know what I mean it's not a great fucking move it's like two. it's two games between being nearly relegated or being in the playoffs it's very odd I mean you've got to get there don't get me wrong but everyone just needs to to, to cool it down a bit Mike Forshaw's Wikipedia mad, page makes me laugh Michael Forshaw this is the opening line to it Michael Forshaw known also known by the nickname of Mike <laughs> it's like does that need to be said is that really a nickname Mike I mean I think it's probably Joshua Five, Gardner, also known as the nickname, knows. Josh. Yeah, well, not even that. Just Joshua. Like, it's like Mike Forshaw, also known by the name of Mike. <laughs> the nickname I mean, Mike. Oh, that's unusual. Yeah, that's unusual. How did he get that? <laughs> Could he possibly well, have these always that have funny stories, don't they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the best thing about him is uh, his... So his... what they did, right, is they, they, they took my name... And they just the and they just use first syllable, and that's it, really. <laughs> the best part about it is for sure. Um, stop talking to the fucking press. <laughs> the cunts. <laughs> his his photo on his biography on the sale website looks like your dad's just turned up at the front door and said, "My mum's your mum's kicked me out." So. <laughs> He is a little sleep yeah. on yourself for a few minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's got that look of just a man. Oh, he's wearing, I don't know what it is, but he's wearing an unironed club polo. And there's just <laughs> something about it that just. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. He was known for but being yeah. a model professional, Mike Forshaw. Worked very hard, one of them ones. So. Good player. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah. He seems to be doing something, yeah. But then again, I've, we've all seen him doing something not so good when he's around. To be honest, we've said for ages that Sales should be doing much better with that they squad. Are, and actually, yeah. that performance—I didn't, I didn't think it was that performance looks like what that money spent and that squad looks like is what it should do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, and, and let's be honest, um, it's not been a nice time for him up there. And no. I'd certainly, I certainly want a rugby club in the northwest. So absolutely, let's hope it, it, it goes you know. on. <laughs> yeah, and uh, even with you know Stephen, the, Stephen, in he owns charge. a club though, doesn't he? That's thing. That's yeah. the other thing. They dance around that as well because Bayfield's an entity, didn't he? Such he a said, I mean, you are you are you are um, a, a stakeholder in the club. What does that even mean? What do you mean? Do you mean he owns? He, he part owns the club. Just say that he part owns the club. Just say that he's unsackable. They were trying Just to say, say, say do you take it more personally? You know, it's not. No, not really. No. Because he can't be sacked. So he, he can't, he's not, you know, this isn't a fucking Razzie Erasmus situation. He's not going to fucking <laughs> sack himself. himself. No, that's <laughs> never going to happen. He's this both the king me. of the north and the hand of the king. <laughs> you know, this is some... And the Iron Korea. Bank all rolled into one man. Game of Thrones, yeah. everybody. It's, it's the, you know, he is the North Korea of, <laughs> of yeah. the Northwest, you know. Nobody knows more about rugby than me. 
time. Yeah, he <laughs> will be, Trump. you know, he, he has been elected on a life term. And <laughs> he will leave that job. I've had an election first. and I've won it by 98%. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say fairer than that, can you, Luke? <laughs> anyway, uh, right. Yeah. So anything else on the weekend? Um, I've learned, I've kind of sort of been suspecting it all season, but it came very obvious over the Christmas period. Um, Alan Clark, Osprey's coach, has basically adopted the French approach to away games, i.e. Don't bother. He can't be fucking... Don't bother. <laughs> like, I get it. Like, but they, 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 have lo- like, they have lost every single away game but one, which was Zebra. Uh, and they've won every home game but one, which was Glasgow at home during the Autumn Internationals. Um, and I get it, but... And they might even quite, you know, they've obviously decided that the Ospreys have got enough good players to, you know, field in 50% of their league games, a decent team. Um, and they, they probably figured, oh, yeah, we, you know, we can win all of our home games, pick up a bonus point here and there. We'll probably qualify for the Heineken Cup, maybe even get in the playoffs. And if fair enough, if that's the best use of meager resources, but it's fucking a, from where the Ospreys used to be, and just as a fan of any team, to see your team just going, 50% of these games, we're not going to fucking bother, lads. And is this what ring fencing does? Careful what you wish for and all that. Well, yeah. I don't, know. I don't know. I'm just, you know. And cutting their cloth for a funding model that does not exist at the moment, that nobody really understands. You know, it's it's problematic, but it's it's just, as a fan, I understand why they're doing it, but it's fucking depressing to watch them not even bother with 50% of their games. Yeah. Um, one of the islands is, is Monster really are back, aren't they? Oh yeah, they're pretty fucking good. Now. I mean, we knew that anyway, but it was kind of confirmed. And, and, and the inexorable march towards a Monster Leinster final looks to be a all shit yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, you could see that maybe Glasgow will challenge, maybe even Edinburgh could challenge them, to be honest. But maybe. Realistically, yeah. there's only two teams that are actually really fucking good this year in the Pro 14, especially given that the Scarlets have shat the bed. Anything else for the weekend? Uh, no, that's pretty much me done. Right then, shall we do the shit good ratings? Let's. I love that. After spending about 45 minutes on other stuff, we did about 12 minutes on the weekend. That's because a lot of it's picked up in shit good, everyone. I include yeah, this as part of the weekend as well. Obviously, yeah. What are we doing first? Um, Come on, you always choose. Shit, this is your shit, role. Shit, right. Shit. Uh, shit for me. Mm-hmm. And it's not not for the first time this season. Kobus Reinach. Yes. Mate, if you're holding onto the ball in your own in-goal area, just, just fucking touch it down properly and accept, <laughs> accept that it's not gone well and roll with it. Like, take the scrum. Don't fucking try and play out of there. And regardless of whether he got it down or not, don't try and do an offload and end up throwing the ball to Willie LaRue and then score a try that <laughs> ultimately wins in the game like just don't do it Stop it, it was I mean to be fair Northampton's defence generally was mm. a despicable shambles <laughs> and Niavoro as well for the, for the first Wasps try he was marking his bloke and was then for then? some reason just he was and then for some reason stepped inside as the ball fizzed past him <laughs> to the bloke he was marking it was unbelievable it was like what are you because it's not even like there was a fullback coming in as a kind of dummy like looper it was yeah. like, there's no reason for you to step inside there at all 
He bought something that was entirely imaginary in his mind in terms just, of... Oh, honest to God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, raised eyebrow. But um, but yeah, they were just, in defence, they were awful. And then when they tried to spring, throw an attack, I blame that. What is that kit all about? Awful. It's like awful. Swindon Town, but then with the Northampton trim. It's just like red and it's, white with that it's, br- it's black, tri- yellow tri- and green it's trim. It's a tribute to Northampton Town FC, which is depressing in itself. Fuck me. Yeah, when you're a rugby club that is comfortably the biggest sporting fucking name in your town and you're sort of trying to pull-in floating voters from the Northampton Town fans. I think you've got fucking problems. Northampton Town beat us to make us get relegated last year. So I, I don't not, like them even more. You're not better about it, though. No. Uh, um, anyway, yeah, so what else have we got that's shit? What have I got that's shit? Ross <laughs> Ross Batty's DDT in the Bats game. Josie <laughs> just bath discipline <laughs> as a whole. Like, it was literally finish. a fucking DDT. Yeah. He even like lifted his legs off the floor to get yeah. the full impact and everything. And then had the brass neck to look a bit pissed off when he got red carded for it. Yeah. What, are you fucking joking? <laughs> and like then he, finishing... he, he got his snake in his bag and put it over his, his back and walked off. <laughs> uh, Reference. Yeah. Finishing the game with 11 men, though. That, I mean, that is... Because the it wasn't on telly, somebody's mentioned this later on. Yeah, Patricia says... Um, Patricia said, she submitted, hello Patricia, she said, shit is the Worcester Bath game not being televised, so no one outside of six ways got to see that insane 20 minutes live. No. What was funniest about it was, every time the ref blew the whistle, all the Bath players stuck their arms in the air and cheered. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thinking that the game was over. It was like, no lads, I'm just sending somebody else off. You're not winning penalties here. Honestly. <laughs> and Toby Baker said that good was Alan Brew coming up with a match winning hit to force the turnover in the 95th minute and then shit was Ian Tempest giving it his offside and yellow card at him without realising the rules don't apply to Alan Brew. That no, is very true, that, Toby. Very true. It no, is wonder, very... no, no wonder Alan looked so confused. No, and you can blame him. Uh, it was a fucking hell of a hit, though. Did you see him fucking piling out? I actually thought he was going to get red carded for shoulder charging into his head. <laughs> <laughs> and again, the whistle went, and Alan Brew went, yeah, oh, shit, yeah. what? Oh. oh, no, it's a penalty against me. Oh, <laughs> oh silly game. It was a very silly game. Oh, for then, everything did... else, it was silly. Yes, a very silly game. But yeah, Alan Brew coming off and monster hitting was one of my favourite things. I loved it. Yeah. Um, Teddy Wells' shit. Thomas Young Wells' chances. Look. No, no, yeah. Just, just give it up. Just now. live anybody, in the now. Any, anybody who's like still holding out hope that he's going to the World Cup or anything, it's not happening. No, it isn't. Like even without Ellis. Maybe Jenkins for the next one. Gone. Maybe for the next yeah. one. Even without Ellis Jenkins and Sam Warburton, he's still probably fourth choice. They're not taking five sevens to the World Cup or even to the Six <laughs> that Nations. That would be fucking money, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> It'd be fucking great to watch, wouldn't it? I was going to say all, this for good. All but... se- an all seven sort of, you know, back five in the scrum. It is good. Uh, when, just before the Wasp game started, John Cook emailed me, hello, John, if you're listening, and said, Wasp will win today for Die Young is in a shirt and tie. Uh, do you know what? One of the things I was going to say as a New Year's resolution until it happened was Die Young needs to get his fucking number ones back out. But not with like, a black shirt. That's not acceptable. Not with a black shirt, yeah. That's and why they've won. He's actually gone back yeah. to proper number Lone one on order. Back to a proper number one, and there he is, winning. Although um, it did it did amuse me that Wasps won for the first time in, what, 11 games, and 
now they fall out of the top four. Bizarre. At last. Yeah. That just shows how madly insane that league is. That you shouldn't get words that sale needs to calm down. Also, this I'm going to jump to good because we're talking about die. Did you hear him talking about his son? Bits and bobs of it. Oh, the video. It's just ace. What so? He's just. I love. He's just fucking ace. Because like, he just sits there and just says, yeah, this is how I feel about things. <laughs> yes, and, I, and I'm not going to in any way sugarcoat this with bollocks. No, and he's not this rude is... or anything. No. He just sits and says, yeah, well, that happened, and I felt a bit bad about that. And, yeah, and it's difficult doing that, to be honest. And, yeah, and it's, it is like... <laughs> he's like he he's like a normal human being. And for somebody who was so fucking good, it was yeah. the top of his game in two codes, and then I want to be a top coach as well. He's not, he doesn't he doesn't do the master that unlike some other uh, forwards who are now senior coaches he mm. doesn't do the master of the universe thing at no. all I don't know the guy but it's incredible how just Seems kind of affable nice. and I'm yeah I'm happy to talk about my weaknesses and stuff is that what all people from Aberdeen are like Josh uh, I don't know I mean I'm a fairly <laughs> unrepresentative example to be honest so uh, you you make your own judgments based on. On not me, I would say. Um, but you know people from Aberdeer because you're from there. Yeah, he is from Aberdeer, isn't he? Am I getting mixed up? Yeah, he yeah, is from Aberdeer, isn't he? From me, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, most people from Aberdeer are quite unassuming and sort of. Uh, there's not a lot of airs and graces. Or there's not much to assume about, is there? Really? No, exactly. When you live in, Aberdeer, I mean, in the nicest just, possible way. No, there's not. There really isn't much to assume about, and yeah, Dai's just nice. He seems He's nice. just a truly lovely bloke. And every in time same, you hear him speak... In the yeah. same way that I think I probably share too much and talk... Like, when I start talking about something, I should probably be told when to stop sometimes because... Once oh, that's I never talking, happened to me, so I don't, I don't know <laughs> no, what you mean. I should probably just shut up instead of just carrying on talking about whatever <laughs> bollocks tangent we've got on. I think Di's got a bit of that about him. In that if somebody asks him about something, he just start fucking going on he about it. He just likes talking, doesn't he? Which yeah. is weird because he doesn't look like he likes talking. He no, looks like he, he wants to like chin you. But actually, yeah. yeah, but actually he does. And and he's he's one of the best people I've seen who has a difference. He's got the greatest gap between his resting face and his smiling face. Yes. When he smiles, he's got these wonderful sort of twinkly eyes he's and so makes you happy. And then when he starts smiling, you go, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> he's got, he's, he's got he a, a very similar... Yeah. yeah, he's got a very similar way about him, even though Adam is naturally more cantankerous and naturally sort of funny. In the same way that when Adam Jones smiles, he sort yes. of looks like a sort of a, a cheeky toddler. Like, <laughs> yeah. Di has that same kind he of does, thing. Yeah. Maybe it's a prop like, forward thing. I maybe don't know. it is, yeah. Well, yeah, that was a... Uh, we love Di... That was great. Yes. Wasps have won. He's back in number ones. He loves his yeah. son. What has he said in that interview? He said, um, he said, so what you like if he doesn't, you know, if he, if he plays better. He said, it is easy. You can come around and see his mum and not ring up and ask <laughs> if I'm in or not. You know, he's like, oh, that's just fucking brilliant. <laughs> and my yeah. mate who's a coach at Rugby League, who's not a Rugby Union fan, shared it on Facebook saying, you know, this is so true because he coaches his two lads, you know. Mm. He is an everyman, isn't he? Die. He is. He's like I, you know. I would have been delighted with him being coach of Wales. To be I'd honest, I'd have been delighted with him being my dad. <laughs> yeah, and my dad also. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, what we we, we were still on shit, weren't we? Yeah. yeah. Uh, also shit. Uh, I'm just going to rattle through these. Hadley Parks. He was back at twelve, wasn't he? Finally, after the yeah. after the and ten, he had one good moment. But fucking hell, for the first hour, he was dog shit. 
Get them all um, out of the way I now. Mean, Get it out of the way now. Yeah, I really hope so. It's not inspiring a lot of confidence. Uh, and also, shit, Newcastle. Ooh. This is not looking good now, is it? No. They are They are praying for ring fencing because getting battered at home by Quinns is the sort of things that happen when teams are going down. They are the absolute stuff. antithesis of classes. permanent form is temporary, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, massively. I don't understand what's going on. Um, what else we got? This shit here. Ben C. Russell got in touch, and he said, "Shit are the plans for the Premiership to challenge the NFL?" Yes, I can see that, can't you? Yeah, me too. I mean, never mind. Never mind that the Premiership can't sell out Wembley for one game a season, and the NFL sells it out for three or four games. Aren't a season. they bringing Major League Baseball over this year or the year? They after? are. Where are they going to play that? Do you know? They are playing it at the uh, Olympic Stadium, are and they? I try. I tried to get tickets. It'd be great if you played it at Lords, wouldn't it? It would be fantastic. That was the original plan, I think. But um, you can't be running on the bloody pitch. What's wrong with you? Oh, exactly. Um, <laughs> I tried you to. Can't get be building a that. bloody mound where the in the boat. In... <laughs> yeah, but you have to put sand on the pitch. Fucking <laughs> kidding. Um, yeah, tickets are already like fucking two hundred quid, and it's like oh, no. I'm sorry, I'm not paying, no. I'd rather fly to America and watch a game there for that money. Yeah, yeah well, you can go to fucking see a Yankees game for about $30. Speaking of flying to America, I'm sorry to do a personal digression. Guess what happened to me on Twitter last night? No, uh, night before. Did, did somebody ask you to go to America? No, Jason Isbell liked one of my tweets. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you managed to calm yourself. I basically delete enough. my account now. <laughs> my mate is a big fan I texted him with a screenshot saying look at this he said you should deal with this in the dignified way by getting it framed and show it to everybody who comes to the house <laughs> oh I was beyond anyway sorry we're all shit still Branston gets in touch on Twitter he says well it could be a woman but Branston says shit whoever thought leak of the minutes of Prim rugby meeting would look anything less than an attempt to threaten the RFU yes absolutely mm-hmm. it's like it's like a pound shot Malcolm Tucker effort this it is a bit, isn't it? What else we got this shit? Kyle Walsh gets in touch. He said, shit, is Glasgow losing every game since your last podcast? Was that our fault? It probably is, isn't it? I can't... I... He seems to be suggesting it is. He said, also shit, is Glasgow fans M- more like clueless fair weather wanks, he says, giving Stuart Ooh. Hogg so much abuse after the 1872 game, game one, where Hogg was far from the problem that he's deleted his Twitter. <laughs> I mean... Say what you like about uh, Glasgow fans. Then clearly they're um, they're forthright one way or another. Yeah, indeed. They know what they like, and what they like is winning. <laughs> what they don't like is Stuart Hogg like after games when they've stuff. lost. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's going now, isn't he? They've probably, turned, say, on yeah, they they probably turned on him. All that rubbish, won't it? You're not even trying now. Now you've got your payday <laughs> from the Sassanax. Um. What else have we got this shit? Grant Taylor gets in touch. He said, shit is the absolute rancid stench of incompetence and relegation around the Newcastle Falcons. Yes, as Josh has just mentioned. Yeah. It no longer looks like the results are going to turn. Yes. It's starting to have that feel about it, isn't it? Do you have any other shit? Uh, no, that's me. Last one. John Langley gets in touch and he says, shit is a sharky. <clears throat> really? Yeah. Question mark. Do you know what a sharky is? Josh. Oh, God, I'm afraid you're going to tell me. What's a marquee? 
Well, it's like a gazebo, in it? Yeah. So what do you think a sharky is it? Oh, God, is that like a fucking shit tent next to... That's what they call a marquee outside of oh, Sail Sharks Grass. <laughs> I like a bit of wordplay as much as the next man, you know, but fucking hell. A sharky. Still not as offensive as anything Exeter Chiefs call anything in their ground. That's very true, but still. I mean, from a pure, you know, terrible pun point of view, I'm, I'm almost more offended. Let's go to the good. We've done a bit. Let's. We've done my ones already because I, I had lo- I had die young, just being die young. Yeah, uh, one of my goods is uh, Conor O'Brien because honestly, how many good young players do Leinster have to have? It's not fair. <laughs> uh, barely, barely heard of this kid, and he's fucking brilliant. Of course he is. Boring now. Stop it. Well, I got as good. Rhiannon Garth Jones says. The very first good out of your mouth. If the very first good out of your mouth isn't Ken Owens, then you've lost it. Well, it wasn't Rhiannon, but you're right no. to put us straight on this. So yes. Seriously, though, we've seen him time. We've seen time and time again that flankers and second rows can struggle to take on the role of eight, which makes his performance even more impressive. I mean, he, was all right. he, he played. He played better at number eight than a lot of fucking open side and blind side flankers do at number eight. Indeed, Rhiannon's point. Yeah. Yeah. As I said on the tweet, it reminds me of that time when they needed somebody to do butterfly stroke when I was 10 in the inter-schools gala. And I, and I still don't know to this day why I went, I'll do it. And then the teacher said, good ladly. And I went, I think it's because I wanted the recognition from the teacher, something which has probably yeah. continued through my life. And um, I did it. And it was only me and two other people swimming it because obviously nobody can fucking... Here's a sidebar. How did they invent the butterfly stroke? Uh, How? You know, every other stroke you can think, well, I can see why you've done that. Breaststroke keeps your face out of the water. Crawl yeah. moves you through the water quickly. Yeah. Backstroke if you need to be on your back. You just want to look like a massive prick. So what is, what's the point? You're trying to thrash the water. That's what, when I did Butterfly, I ended up looking like somebody having a seizure and I thrashed the water to a foam without hardly moving. And after 25 <laughs> minutes, I climbed out the pool while the others were almost nearly finishing. And to be fair, my dad came down because I was getting a bit teary. Got a serious as a 10-year-old because I thought this is just all too much. My dad came down, and my dad, right, was a very, very good footballer and general sportsman, and I'm not. And mm. I love my dad forever for many reasons, but one of the reasons why I do is that he never, ever, ever gave me a hard time about my fucking uselessness at physical endeavours generally. <laughs> and he just came and put his arm around me and took me back and took me down, wrapped me in his towel and said, it's all right, don't worry about it. And he was great like that. I remember saying to him once when I was about 11, I said, I don't, think I'm, I don't think I've inherited your football talent, Dad. He said, yeah, I knew that about seven years ago. <laughs> Bless him. So, yeah, so I'm glad it went better for Ken than it went for me. Do you think that's what Wayne Pivak did at the end of the game? Yeah. He just wrapped it in a towel. Think that's why Ken volunteered. Because yeah. he wanted Wayne to say, good lad, Ken. You're a good yeah. lad, yeah. yeah. You're a good lad, yeah. <laughs> what else have we got that's good? Uh, Aaron Wainwright. Um, yeah, lots of love for him on on Twitter. Honestly, as well, yeah. like he wasn't even in the Wales. He wasn't even involved with the under twenties at any point, and was nowhere near the Wales frame, frame like twelve months ago. And he's looking increasingly like a shoe in for the World Cup squad. It's a pretty fucking. I think he's great, right. and he's very very impressive. I don't understand why everybody was getting so excited about a flanker covering behind a defensive line to tackle somebody. <laughs> People were posting it like he just, I don't know, fired himself into space or something. I think it was because it vaguely reminded them of that Sam Underhill one that everyone got very excited, but a little bit too excited about. 
Well, it was a great tackle and a great cover tackle. Great cover tackle, great bit of athleticism. As I've just established with my butterfly stroke story, I wasn't a great player, but generally no. covering behind the line was kind of what you did when you were six. Yeah, and you know he did. He was great. He showed incredibly good. And it was like, late in the game, awareness and desire and, and awareness and all and, that. Yeah, yeah, all of that good stuff. However, and it was good. It was nice, but yeah. people were talking like it was something that nobody's ever seen a number yeah. of fucking back row do before. It was a fantastic cover tackle. It was that. Yeah, it, it, it was, was what it was. It was quite it was a typical really back good. rows play, really as far good. as I could see. Yeah, it was an impressive bit of effort and pace and all that stuff. But it wasn't, you know, he's yes. not rewriting but, the rule. having but. said that, Patrick got in touch and he said, mm. good is Aaron Wainwright. He's all-round excellence over the season, particularly the last few weeks. He's seen him become a heavy, has seen him become the heavy favourite to win my inaugural Man Crush of the Season award. Mm. He said, it's admittedly an award that has absolutely <laughs> zero prestige. Well, you know, awards are what you make of them. It's you still know? higher than the Cuthbert Police on Cup, don't worry about That's it. That's true. That's true. Oh, the other one that we've given up on. What else we've got is good. Lauren, I can't remember what it's called now. Yeah. No. Lauren Sames gets into up. He said he says good is faff, always faff. Also, Tom Curry continues to be an absolute nuisance over the ball. If Ben gets to the same level, they're going to be pretty incredible. Yeah. Do you think it'll be worse for Ben if he doesn't because he really looks like him? Oh, it's going to be awful. Like Sam Warburton's brother, he keeps getting stopped when he's walking his dog. Yeah. <laughs> <In> like... <laughs> but at least he's like made it as a professional rugby player, you know? Yeah. It's like ben, Sam Warburton's brother is a physio. <laughs> you know, and while well, that is an entirely fucking worthwhile and, and excellent. As much as he probably says he's not bothered, how oh, pissed Jesus. off was he really about being mistaken for him all, all the fucking time. time? Yeah. What are you doing eating that pasty, Sam? <laughs> yeah. I'm not Sam. Fuck yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, well, isn't that your eighteenth pint tonight, Sam? <laughs> Aren't you playing tomorrow? <laughs> 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 uh, <clears throat> have you got any more my, goods my final good uh, is Todd Blackadder purely for not doing the French shithouse thing at the end of the game he could easily have pretended that one of his props was injured and gone to un- uncontested scrums which probably would have meant that they'd win the game but he didn't even <laughs> no matter how many of his fucking front rowers got yellow carded he just kept sending them on and you know that's there's a it's probably small comfort to him now because they lost, but it shows a, a bit of integrity that certain coaches in our game over the last eighteen months or so have not demonstrated. And so yeah, I thought it was fair mm. play to it. Uh, good, Colin McBride. Hello, Colin says good is Benetton. Yes, very good point. He said they just do everything competently. Won four matches on the bounce. Yeah, they and I think like the thing is they're not going to rip up any trees or plant no. any or anything, but up to any competence in Italian rugby purely is what carbon, They're carbon neutral as far as yeah. tree ripping goes. <laughs> yeah. And Zebra managed to lose at home to the cheaters. So, you know. <sighs> wow. Did you see that fucking Kings-Edinburgh game? I mean, I mean Edinburgh, I mean, I know it was Kings and they had to be put away and Edinburgh did okay, but seriously, fucking hell. It wasn't good, was it? <laughs> fucking donutted them. And uh, I, I did enjoy the moment where I can't, I didn't even know which Edinburgh player it was, but um, just gave <laughs> well, his, his opposite number the, the sly cock punch. Yes. Which is just such a shit. And it just shows you how much the game has changed. And a giant bearded South African then yeah. turned to the ref to go, ref? Whereas <laughs> if this had been 15 years ago, he'd have knocked his fucking head off. Head off. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, and then yeah. tea banned him on the ground or something. Yeah, I, I, I kind of wish he had to be honest because there was a, there was a shit, there was a, just an absolute prickishness about that cock tap that just made me go, I really wish he fucking decked you for that. Um, last thing is, lots of people on Twitter have mentioned how well Joy Neville did at the weekend, refereeing yes. a game. I've not mentioned it because I don't believe in really mentioning refs. I have to have a reason to notice them. And I think, more, and just because she's a woman, I don't want to notice them. But yeah, let's give her credit. But I don't want to make it an issue that her every performance is scrutinised because she doesn't have no. a penis. Do you know what I mean? So that's why I'm not, I'm not going too heavy on it. I'm very glad she's, she's in there, and I'm glad she's doing a job yeah, and going right. unnoticed as a ref because that's what you want, really. Absolutely, yeah. Let's not make a big deal out of it. Oh, no, speaking of unnoticed as a ref, now I just come out and said this might be his last Six Nations. <sighs> Honestly, he must be given miss, like the full time job on not on Lawin or something. I miss him dearly because I do love Nigel deep down in no, my actually, heart. No, actually, and it sounds like I've been awful, but it's, yeah, I think he, the game will be worse off without him, even with his side. stuff, even with all yeah. his, his his grandstand. I mean, it does it, when watching fucking Ben Whitehouse make fucking refereeing a game of rugby look like fucking <laughs> advanced particle physics in fucking Osprey's last theorem. Osprey's fucking blues on the weekend. It did make you remember that as much as Nigel gets a lot more shit than he used to because he's not as good as he used to be, fucking hell, there's a drop-off. <laughs> there, is. there is a drop-off. It's significant. And of course, Wayne Barnes was uh, presided over oh. that farce at the end of the Leicester game, didn't he? He did. And to be honest with you, Wayne Barnes is, is retiring this season as well. Is so he? I Yes. I fear oh. <laughs> rugby in the Northern Hemisphere and everywhere else. And John Lacey's season. retired as well, don't forget. Oh, uh, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Every cloud. <laughs> and that, for the first week back, will do us, I think, Josh. Do I you think probably... so? Yeah. Thank you all for waiting. I hope you've enjoyed us coming back. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget you can get in touch with us and all that. And yeah. Patreon and get your tickets in for the 27th of April. Any suggestions on venue for pubbage is good. I've mentioned that we might consider doing a live episode, but I don't think I think that sounds like a lot of hard work. Yeah, I don't know if I can be asked really. We'd but... have to book a venue and get the fucking P a PA and Yeah. Uh, already I'm getting fed up just even thinking about it yeah, to be honest. I've played the tape through in my head and I don't like the song. So <laughs> let's just get together anyway. I'll speak Indeed. to you all soon and you Indeed, Josh. Take care, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. 've always looked at the future leading the way with our renewable gas bio LPG ideal for off-grid homes and businesses it cuts emissions by up to 90 percent so if like Mary and Mick Gorman and Abby leaks you're looking for a cleaner more efficient way to cook and heat your home our renewable gas is the right solution for you and one that protects the planet too bio LPG renewable gas from Calor find out more at calorgas.ie Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.